Good evening, QR2 family. I'm excited to be here. This is your pastor, Pastor JD, and I want to wish all of you fathers a happy Father's Day. What a great day to celebrate all of you fathers out there. If you want to celebrate all the fathers, you're grateful for these men who are doing what God has called them to do, the priests of their home. If you want to just do that, let's press that heart button. Press the heart button. Let's celebrate all of the the fathers that God has blessed us with. As a matter of fact, y'all, I actually have a father who's about to join me. I have a co-host who is an amazing father, and I want to bring him into the QR2 virtual sanctuary. So let me bring him in. Pastor Kagia Scott, what's good, man? How you doing? Oh, oh, bro, I'm so happy to be here, man. I love it. I love it, man. I just got finished preaching at camp meeting, and I'm here with you. It's crazy, Doc. <laughs> I love the fact they think we they think they locked us up because of Corona. Man, I'm all over the world, baby. <laughs> happy Father's Day. Let's go. You're everywhere. Thank you so much, man. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Um, have you enjoyed your Father's Day? It sounds like you're busy. What you up to? Man, yo, listen, my wife was supposed to work today. She took off and surprised me when I woke up, man. She wasn't going in to work. She just blessed me and gave me all the things. I Look, she be writing. She must write down notes when I say what I want because she always give me the perfect gifts. I just <laughs> love it, man. I love it. And look, Forget me. I'm looking at that picture behind you, Doc. That is an awesome picture. I want to tell you a secret. Since your dad is my dad, that means I'm your brother. I already stole that picture off of Facebook, man. I got that picture in my album. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. I love that picture, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Listen, we are, I'm actually here. My family decided to drive up from West Palm Beach to visit my father and my mother out here. And listen, we had a great time today. The kids got to go and play with the horses. Y'all know my parents, they got horses. They country folk out here. So the kids got, got to go out there and they got to see the horses and celebrate my father. As a matter of fact, let me just stop real quick and give a shout out to this man here, the sensei, Dr. James Doggett Sr. We appreciate you. We thank you so much for all that you do. Do, and we truly are blessed to have you in our lives. That's not just coming from me, but clearly that's coming from G as well. That's right. That's right. Listen, I got look, I listened to Van Dion Griffin earlier this week, man. And he just he just impressed upon me that it's not just my 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 father, but my father figures I gotta remember, man. So I made it a purpose this year to the father figures in my life to also send them cards because because they are just as important a lot of times. As, as your natural fathers, those who are not even related to you, but treat you like a son. And so I'm just grateful for Van Dion for putting that out there, man, and, and, and impress upon me to do that. That's good. That's really good, man. I appreciate that as well. That's great insight. And we should do that. We should reach out to all those who've had an influential impact in our life. And we say thank you to all of you fathers. Let's clap it up, G. Let's give them some love, man. Let's thank God for all the fathers among us. We love you. We celebrate you. You are amazing. And we're going to do some special praying tonight over the fathers. And I'm going to ask Pastor G if he's going, if he can help us out when we get to that space in our worship program. But Pastor G, we got a preacher in the house tonight. I'm excited about oh, who God has positioned. We got a preacher. <laughs> Listen, and we go Let's way do this, back then. Let's do this. Oh, JD. We 
go way back. I want you to take this time, if you don't mind, real quick. Let's just dive right into the introduction of speaker because I just can't wait for the people of God to learn a little bit about the person who's going to be delivering the word of God tonight. Um, I would love to just dive right into the introduction of speaker. Do you mind introducing the people to who we have up to bat this evening real fast before we go into our prayer, before we go into our giving? I want the people to know who it is that's going to be preaching tonight. Listen, we have uh, none other than Marvin McLean Jr. Marvin McLean Jr., listen, we've known him for a long time uh, between myself, JD, Dr. Doggett, because this man, and he has a history behind him. This man uh, went to Christian academies, went to Pine Forge Academy, came to Oakwood University, and while he was there, uh, as a student, he worked at Madison Mission uh, uh, with us, and, 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 and it was a pleasure to work with him for three years. He was the youth director and had a huge impact on the youth um, that still love him to this day. And I just had a, it was a pleasure of mine to work with a young man who just, just worked above his age at the time. And soon after he got called into ministry, South Atlantic Conference called him and he's still here in South Atlantic, working specifically at Shiloh down there in Charleston and, and, and doing wonderful things in the name of the Lord. Listen, he was single for a while, but he ain't single no more. He got him a wonderful wife and, and I was there to celebrate with him. I'm glad that he's a man of one wife and he has a daughter. She's, she's doing well in the ninth grade and we just give praises for him now, a family man. And you know, family men, sometimes when they preach, they come with something more because they going through something more. And so I, I learned to listen to his preaching and I think it got a little more umph to it once he got married. And, and so I'm glad to be able to sit here. He used to be in charge of the buses at Madison Mission. I'm, I'm glad again to be able to sit on the bus while he takes us to glory today. Marvin McLean Jr., a man after God's own heart, is here today to bless all of us no matter where you're from, no matter what's going on in your life, God has a special word from you. And that word is coming through his manservant, Pastor Marvin McLean Jr. I can't wait for us to hear him. I can't wait either. It's going to be a good time tonight. I'm excited again that Pastor Marvin McLean is in the virtual sanctuary. Let's go ahead and do this and take some time to go into this offering opportunity, this partnership opportunity. You guys have been giving and we celebrate you so much for your sacrifice. And tonight we want you to know that we are here in the fourth and final week of our prophecy edition. Pastor G, I can't believe we're here. We're finally at the place where we are now going to cross that finish line very, very soon. This is what's called the gun lap. If you know anything about racing, there's a 440 race. And that's when you go around a track four times. And the first three times around the track, good runners have a strategy. They hold on to this thought in their mind that they should pace themselves, pace themselves, pace themselves. So the first time around the track, they're pacing themselves, pacing themselves. Second time around the track, pacing themselves, pacing themselves. Third time around the track, pacing themselves, pacing themselves. But once you get to the fourth lap, they call it the gun lap because that's when you hear a gun go off. Pow! And once you hear the sound of the gun, that is an indication that you are close to the finish line. This is when you throw out all the strategy of holding back and being pacing yourself. This is when you let it all out. You run without any inhibitions. This is when you let it all out because you are almost there. Ladies and gentlemen, I need for you to know that we are in the gun 
one lap of our QR2 Prophecy Edition. Pastor G, are you ready to go higher tonight? Man, I'm ready to go all out, Doc. I'm listening with all ears. Listen, I'm not I'm not taking trips to the kitchen. Look, I'm sitting right here in front of my screen. I don't want to miss a drop. I want to get a clean, I want to have a clean plate at the end of this sermon. I want yes, to get everything I'm supposed to take in. I appreciate you putting that off, man. Talk about that gun route. Because, man, I want to go all out, man. I, I don't want to lose a drop today. Mm -hmm. Can I just get everything God has for me? If yes. God has a whole bunch of stuff for me, how dare God got 10 things for me and I take nine. If Come God on. got 100 things for me, why would I take 99? I want to get 100% of what God gets for me today. I'm just so happy that my man, Marvin <laughs> Jr., is here to give us all of what God gave him, and I'm here to get it all. Make Come me on. a sponge, Lord. Make me a sponge. <laughs> Make me good soil, Lord. Make yes, me sir. good soil, Lord. Amen. And amen again. Let's go. Amen. Well, listen, guys, we're going to get that good word tonight. We're going to lift God's name up in song. But before we have our song of preparation, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with us. This is what you can do. Go over to Cash App. You can use the money sign, the corn, the Q revival. Again, that's the money sign, the Q revival. And then you can go over to PayPal and you can use paypal.me forward slash the Q revival. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash the Q revival. Or you can go to our website. That's www.thequerevival.com. Again, www.thequerevival.com. And you can use your debit card, your credit card there and know that 100% of what you give us will go toward helping those who are in financial need. Let me go ahead and let all of you know, including you, Pastor G, that we've already crossed the $10,000 mile marker. We celebrate you because you have poured in and we have blessed close to 20 families with over $10,000. Y'all, let's do a little bit more. This is the gun lap. We're going to go ahead and dig deep and give so that those who are struggling might be Bless. We again appreciate all of you for your sacrifice and for your generosity. I'm ready for this word, Pastor G. I'm ready for it. But if you don't mind, can you go ahead and lead us in a season of prayer? I'd love for us to pray about a few things. Number one, let's pray for our fathers. Let's pray that God will continue to give us wisdom and guidance, the stamina, the endurance to keep moving forward and to lead our families as he has called us to do. Let's also pray for our friends and family members who are struggling in a place of sickness, that God will bring healing to their bodies. But let's also pray tonight for the C family. I don't know if you all remember last week, we were encouraging all of us to pray for the C family because they were going through a time of difficulty there. But we're now in a place where we have to pray that God would give comfort through the Holy Spirit he promised to send during times like these. We lost a giant in the faith, y'all. Dr. Russell C. was not just a powerful preacher, a, a father, uh, a husband, a scholar. He was a man of God who empowered and challenged us and inspired us. And we want to pray that God would be with their family, especially during this time of need. So if you don't mind, Pastor G, can you lead us in prayer in this space right now? Lord, we love you so much. Lord, we're so grateful to even be here. Lord, can we just, can we just thank you, Lord? because we are alive. Not only does it give us time, Lord, to, to make sure our call and election sure, but Lord, we, we're here, Lord, and, and it's by your grace and we thank you. We thank you not just for being here, but Lord, for being blessed. Lord, we wanna count our blessings today. Thank you, Lord. 
There's so many fathers out here, Lord. Many of us uh, um, have even more than the fathers we were born with, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for people who are in our lives as father figures. And thank you for our fathers, the Lord. Lord, bless you for creating the family. Lord, you, you structured this thing. You didn't have to make it so that we, we grew up in the family, Lord. We look at the animal kingdom and it's not always like that. We praise and thank you for creating us with family, Lord. We praise you for the fathers. We ask you to continually bless us with our, 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 our natural fathers, Lord, Bless all the, the, the stepfathers, Lord. Bless all the surrogate fathers, Lord. Bless every man who steps up as a father figure in some person's life. We praise you for them. And now, Lord, we ask you to be with the family of Dr. C. Lord, we thank you for his contribution um, to the world, Lord. We thank you for his contribution to the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we thank you for the contribution that he made, Lord, to academia. We thank you for his contribution, Lord, to his own family. And now we pray for them. So, you know, one day we'll be able to, to join him in the clouds as we meet God in the air. But Lord, we pray for the family because no matter, uh, even if we know that there'll be a reunion one day, Lord, there's still a level of sadness. There's still a level of want. We want our people to be able to be with us, Lord, and we hate to lose them. And so, Lord, we pray for you to comfort the family at this time. You said you would send a comforter, Lord. And so we ask specifically for you the comfort of those who are in the most pain because of the loss of Dr. C. Lord, there are other folks that are sick. There are other folks that have been in the hospital and many hospitals around the country that are not accepting visitors. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, that that families with people in the hospital, Lord, are able to call in, are able to get some kind of um, information from the hospital, Lord. We pray that you give them patience. We pray that you take care of our family members that go in. We pray uh, that 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 the, the the staff at the hospitals that people are in, Lord, uh, uh, are just top shelf. And we pray, Lord, that no matter what happens, Lord, you, you let us know that, that you got the final say. And we, we're grateful, Lord, to serve a God that doesn't have any God over him. We're grateful, Lord, that, 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 that in every case we can think of, you are the one that are on the throne and you are the one who rings the final bell and you are the one that promised that you'll come back and receive us and we'll be all together again. We thank you for that. Lord, the preacher is gonna to preach today. Oh Lord, prepare our hearts to receive every bit of the blessing that you plan for us on this evening in the QR2 revival. In Jesus name we pray, amen.
Fuck!
We thank God for Diana Reddick and that message and the music. We're grateful for the grace of God. At this point, I want to invite our preacher, my favorite youth pastor, one of the best, most powerful, anointed men of God that I've ever met in my life. Let's bring in Pastor Marvin McLean. The floor is now yours, Pastor. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Good to see you, J.D. I want to wish all of our fathers a happy Father's Day. I want to thank uh, Pastor J.D. and Dr. Doggett for inviting me to share in this quarantine revival, uh, the Prophecy Edition. And I'm just so grateful to God for the opportunity uh, to say Happy Father's Day to all of you uh, and to my father, uh, who uh, I love dearly and I'm thankful for at this particular season in my life. I want to go right to the word and I want to call your attention to Revelation, the sixth chapter, Revelation chapter six. And I want to read verses one to eleven. Revelation 6, verses 1 to 11. The Bible says, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of bar barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him. And, it, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a while, a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. I want to talk to you as the Spirit of God will give utterance using the title, Led by the Lamb. Led by the Lamb. Let us pray. Loving Lord God, we thank you for total sufficiency in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the opportunity to call on your name. And we ask, God, that you would even now be with us. I pray, God, in this preaching moment that your Holy Spirit will fall afresh on each of us. I pray, God, that you would even now pour out in abundance, that you would even now lift up the name of Jesus, that he might be seen, felt, and heard, and that we might be drawn closer to him. I 
pray, God, that you would even now take me and that you would even now mold me and fashion me after your likeness, that you would even now do for me above and beyond that which I could think, act, or imagine. I pray, God, that the spirit of the living God will fall down, that heaven will come down, and that glory will fill our souls. God, at the end of this experience, may we be drawn closer to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Led by the Lamb. A father decided to give his daughter a project to work on. There was a picture of the world on a sheet of paper. He tore it into smaller pieces and told her to see if she could put the pieces back together correctly. The kind of like uh, she would work a puzzle. The little girl agreed, and five minutes later, she showed her father the pieces put back together perfectly. He was stunned, and when he asked her how she had done the task so quickly, she said, oh, uh, on the back was a picture of Jesus. And I figured if I got him right, my world would fall into place. Our world is in a state of chaos and much of what goes on makes no good sense. However, prioritize Jesus by letting him lead you and you'll discover that victory is assured. John was in exile on the island called Patmos when he receives the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's in solitary confinement on the island because of his faithfulness in preaching the resurrected Christ. The apostle's commitment to the proclamation of the risen savior earns him the privilege to pen the last book of the Bible. Revelation is a book that can be understood if we have the right focus. In fact, one writer puts it this way, Revelation is nothing if not focused on Jesus. My friends, Revelation is all about Jesus. Jesus is revealed in all of his glory. Revelation invites us to see Jesus in a new and exciting way. And, and I get excited when I read the book of Revelation because it puts into context the picture of Christ victorious, the picture of Christ high and lifted up, the picture of Christ as conquering king. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And, and blessings are promised to everyone who reads, hears, and keeps the words of the prophecy. And in the background to our passage in Revelation 4, John hears the trumpet-like voice of God inviting him in vision to come up higher, where he is to be shown things that must take place after the seven churches. John, immediately in the spirit, is able to look into the throne room of heaven where worship is already in progress. John immediately distinguishes that things look different from heaven's perspective compared to earth's perspective. He notices a throne set in heaven and one who is seated on the throne. Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me, that picture of God seated on the throne. The image of the throne is in, is, is repeated in 17 of the 22 chapters in Revelation and mentioned 14 times in chapters 4 and 5. The throne communicates authority. The throne communicates sovereignty. The throne communicates that someone is in control. The throne communicates that we can rest in the power of the one who sits on it. I don't know about you, but God has positioned us 
in a place of power because we can look at his throne and see that things are going to be all right. The throne communicates that God is in complete control. One theologian and scholar writes in the Old Testament, the throne of God was regarded as the last the, the people's last resort of hope in days of disaster and despair. In times of impending judgments, the prophets referred to the throne of God as the ground of their appeal to God and as the prospect of future hope and restoration. Ladies and gentlemen, we can look to the throne of God. We can come boldly to the throne of God. We can rest in the throne of God. The throne of God represents a place where God sits and where God sits, everything is good. Where God sits, he's in control. The Bible says in Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And so Jesus calls us, he calls us to overcome. Now, given the state of affairs, for some of us, that would seem like a daunting task. We are living in a season of unrest. We're told over 40 million people in the United States filed for unemployment in the last few months. Over 122,000 died from the coronavirus in the US and 465,000 uh, deaths worldwide, but not only that, we're not only dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, but we continue to deal with the pandemic of racism. We are still fighting in futility at times to end racial injustice. We are marching and protesting the dehumanization of black and brown citizens. They're crying out against a criminal justice system that is anything but unjust all across this nation, people are protesting a culture of police brutality, a culture of systemic uh, racism, a culture of institutional racism. And if you're like me, this has been a difficult season. As a people, we're not just dealing with COVID-19, this global pandemic that has caused the loss of many lives. It's not just having to sit back knowing that our loved ones have to suffer alone without family by their side because of limited access at hospitals. It's not just the reality that some of our loved ones died alone. We have to deal with the deadly disease of racism in all of its forms, racial profiling, racial indifference, and racial hostility. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing videos and images of our people gunned down for no reason, choked out because some don't value the skin that we're in and executed because they think that we must be up to no good. I was I was disheartened to know that that my friend, one of my good friends, Nate Lowes, was 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 uh, hurled as racial slurs just the other day. I I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired. We're still waiting for Brianna Taylor to get justice and wonder why we can't sleep soundly in our home. We're heartbroken still by the terror that grips us. If you've seen that video, that George Floyd video must have felt as though a police officer crushed out his life. Yes, 
Black lives do matter. John gets that because in Revelation 5, he notices that at the right hand of the one sitting on the throne, there is a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. He hears an angel shout with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? John surveys human history when he takes the witness stand and he begins to query, who, who can help us, he says, who can deliver us? Who, who can be our savior? He, he wept and the Bible says, I wept and wept much because no one was found worthy. And one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping, stop crying, John. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed. And John says when he, when he looked, he sees a lamb. He's worthy to open the scrolls and it's seven seals. This, my friends, begins the enthronement of Jesus after his ascension. In this vision, God has revealed the history of the church from its early days until now. It, 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 it goes on until Jesus comes. Angelic beings, powerful beings, invite everyone to come and see. The Lamb opens the first seal and John sees a white horse. White horses are symbolic of a conqueror. And the one riding that horse wearing a crown is Jesus. He goes out conquering and to conquering. And every New Testament believer understood the images of a white horse when a Roman general conquered the enemy, he returned from battle riding on a white horse. The rider on the white horse with the bow in his hand shoots arrows of truth. The white horse represents a powerful, pure faith, and, and the white horse represents that God's word has been preached powerfully and it is now taking effect. The gospel is being spread. This particular uh, horse and this seal it's indicative of the time period of AD 31 after the death of Christ to AD 100. It was the time of Pentecost when the disciples preached the truth of God's word powerfully. The whole community was involved in the proclamation of the world. The Bible says that when Pentecost fell, 3,000 people were baptized in one day. The New Testament church began to explode, and tens of thousands of people accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like a white horse, victorious, like a white horse conquering, the Christian church experienced victorious conquest. The power of the gospel could not be stopped. The gospel spreads victorious, and through preaching the gospel, Jesus is waging war against the kingdom of Satan. And can I just let you know that when men and women give their hearts to Jesus, when the gospel is preached, when we declare the thus saith the Lord, the church has power. When men and women make a total surrender to Christ, the church has power. Penal inspiration tells us, Ellen White says, the disciples felt their spiritual need and cried to the Lord for the holy unction 
that was to fit them for the work of soul saving. They did not ask for a blessing for themselves merely. They were weighted with the burden of the salvation of souls. They realized that the gospel was to be carried to the world and they claimed the power that Christ had promised. They claimed it in obedience and they claimed it in prayer. And I don't know about you, but it's praying time. It's time for the people of God to have power to live right, power to talk right, power to declare the word of God, power to lift up the banner of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I want to see Jesus. I want to declare to every man, woman, boy, and girl that Jesus saves. Jesus saves from the utmost Jesus saves. And when the power of the Holy Spirit declared to them by Jesus in Acts 1-8, when the power came upon them, they were his witnesses. When Jesus opened the first seal, the Holy Spirit was poured out in abundant showers with great power. And the greatest need for the church today, the greatest need for you and I today is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to give us of that power. It's the Holy Spirit living in us that gives us that power. You can't have revival without the Holy Spirit. You can't experience power without the Holy Spirit. That's why Joel declared over there in Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass. Afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You can't have a revival without the Holy Spirit. John identifies. The lamb that was slain, Revelation 5, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the world. It represents the complete work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, convict us of righteousness, and convict us of judgment. The same power is needed to fulfill the last great sign found in Matthew 24, 14. The Bible says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. You're, you're waiting on something to happen, and God is saying, get engaged. Get on the battlefield for the Lord. Get included in what God is doing. Wherever he's working, you need to be. In fact, in fact, a witness is simply one who tells what he has seen or personally experienced. That's why witnessing is about availability, not ability. I said witnessing is about availability. It's about saying, God, fill me with your spirit. It's about saying, God, come in and take full control of my life. That's why Witnessing is an outward expression of an inward reality. When I found Jesus and I discovered he is all right, when I got the Savior and he came into my life, he did something so deep on the inside that I cannot keep it for myself. And that's why witnessing, ladies and gentlemen, is what God provides 
for his people as a testimony of his goodness to a dying world. There, there's so many that need to see Jesus and they need to see Jesus in you. After Christ returned to heaven's welcome, and after he sat down at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and the gospel spread. And you ought to praise God for the good news of Jesus and the victory he provides, not just on earth or in heaven, but on earth. Because you see, heaven has an opportunity for us to participate in what's going on. The lamb opens the second seal and the red horse marches across the sky with a sword dipped in blood. The rider who has a large sword does not do the killing himself. This, this, is, this is persecution. This is God allowing individuals to choose if they're going to respond to the gospel or reject the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel always offends. The gospel always divides. Some people accept it and some people reject it. And when Satan saw that he could not stop the gospel, persecution followed. Satan began a fierce era of bloody persecution. He influenced political leaders to viciously viciously persecute the Christians. We're told some 50 million uh, people during this, during this time, Christians were, were persecuted for the gospel. And the red horse represents a bloody faith. From AD 100 to AD 313, Christians were persecuted. And here it is, here's the lesson. Those who reject the gospel, in essence, they hurt themselves. In other words, God is not a God of force. He's a God of choice. He'll sometimes allow you to make a decision. He'll, make the, he'll allow you to make the decision for yourself. But often, uh, oftentimes that, defeat, that decision comes with dire consequences. The lamb opens the third seal and a black horse comes forth. And he who sat on it, the Bible says, had a pair of scales in his hands. The rider on the black horse has a scale in his hands for weighing food, a ration of corn or wheat for a day, and three rations of barley for a day's wages. Wheat, corn is available, but it's at the price of a man's entire wages. He will have to suffice with the poorer fare, which is barley, if he wants to feed himself and his family. In other words, in other words, there is a famine in the land. The, 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 Bible, the Bible is giving to us a sequence here of what happens when people reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we reject the gospel, a famine happens in the land. A lack of Jesus results in darkness. It results in spiritual blindness and spiritual darkness. And what God is saying, he's saying that those of us who reject the gospel will hurt only ourselves. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is liberation. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ is social justice. The gospel of Jesus Christ is God improving your situation, not just temporally, but eternally. It's God moving you to a place where you have a joy deep down on the inside that the world can't give and that the world can't take away. The supply, the pair of scales represents a church judged in the balances of God and found wanting. In other words, it represents individuals who have compromised their faith. And ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've come to announce to you that we are so close to the coming of our Lord. It's not time to turn back. It's not time to relent. In fact, it's a time for us to advance. It's time for us to go forward in faith. It's time for us to lift up the banner of Jesus Christ. This black horse period represents the period in the church history from AD 313 to AD 538. In the black horse period during the fourth and fifth centuries, truth would be cast to the ground. During this period of compromise, simple faith was replaced for pagan practice and ceremonial rituals. And I would caution and admonish those of us, even in the household of faith, to recognize that we are living in a season where, where truth is being cast to the ground, where individuals are receiving uh, the false teachings that, that come from a union with church and state. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that we're living in a season where we have to be true to the word of God. We have to be true to what God has called us. We, we have to lift up God's word as the standard for the Christian. We can't look to the right or to the left. We have to, we have to stay true to the thus saith the Lord of God. We have to be true to what God says. We, we have to not waver or look to the left or the right. We have to stay chained to the master's chariot. Because when we waver, spiritual death is imminent. Here's the good news for you. The good news is that even though there is a period of spiritual death because truth is being cast to the ground, the Bible says do not hurt the oil and the wine. The oil and the wine isn't affected. Now that's good news because if you know anything about oil, Oil has to do with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oil has to do with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When you have the oil, you have power. When you have the oil, you have a witnessing power. In fact, the power that Jesus provided for the disciples in Acts 1 and verse 8 is a dunamis power. It is, it is the, the Greek word from which we der derive our English word dynamite. What God provides is this dunamis power, which exemplifies itself in three ways. Dunamis uh, exemplifies it, first of all, with a power from within. That power from within will cause those things in our lives that estrange us from God, those things that are, are our tendencies, those things that are sins that so easily beset us. That power will come in and transformation will take place. God has dynamite power to blow up sins in your life. But then not only that, but there, there, that, that power exemplifies itself 
in a power to proclaim. There are those of us who think that witnessing is a gift. No, witnessing is an opportunity that God has given to us uh, so that we might represent him and we might be his uh, walking billboards, his walking his epistles. He, he wants us to have power to proclaim. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do. But God will give you power to proclaim. But then not only that, power to within, power to proclaim and power to lead others to Christ. There's nothing that you and I can do in and of ourselves that can cause someone to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he'll give you exactly what you need. And the Holy Spirit takes from you and moves into that person and convicts their heart and their heart is softened and they receive the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is still present in 2020. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of walking around with no power. I want to experience the power of the living God. I want to experience God's power so much so that when I walk into hospital rooms, uh, the, the sick are raised. When I walk into hospital rooms, the wick, the sick are encouraged. When, when I go down the street and there are people in my neighborhood who are discouraged because they lost their job, discouraged because they're in quarantine. I want to have so much power that when I pass by, their spirits are lifted and they're encouraged. I want to be able to declare to them that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the light, that Jesus is their best friend. I want power. The Bible says, when you open the fourth seal, behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades followed with him, a dead rider riding a horse that looks pale near death. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. The pale horse looks like death. This, this, this picture that we see comes from, comes from uh, Old Testament images of covenant curses from breaking the covenant. There was punishment for the rebellious. There was, there was opportunity for the rebellious to repent. And God oftentimes will remove his hand of protection to bring us to a place of repentance. I said God oftentimes will remove his hand of repentance. Of, of protection to bring us to a place of repentance. Somebody knows that tr that's true because some of us wouldn't pray if we didn't have some problems. Some of us wouldn't seek God if we didn't have some trouble in our lives. Sometimes God has to get us to our bare minimum so that we know that we need the Lord so that we can declare if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be so that we can declare I need the Lord so that we can declare it's not my mother, it's not my father, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Jesus wants us to know that we have an opportunity to repent. Both Jeremiah and Ezekiel draw on this imagery of God uh, uh, providing us with this covenant of, of blessings and curses. This, this covenant helps us to know that, that God will oftentimes give us a wake-up call so that we might repent. 
God will oftentimes allow certain things to happen in our lives so that we might be drawn closer to him. When God delivered his people from Egyptian slavery, he made a covenant with them. He said they, he would be their God and they would be their, his people. And if the people, uh, if, they, if they abandoned God, if they relented, his protection, uh, uh, his protection would oftentimes be removed and they would experience covenant curses, namely sword, famine, plague, pestilence, and wild animals. During this period known as the Dark Ages from AD 538 and onward, the church and state united and the church was spiritually dead. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. The Bible says, do not hurt the oil and the wine. The oil represents salvation. Salvation comes not by the works of our hands, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. I said the oil represents the Holy Spirit and the wine represents salvation that Christ died for us is foundational to the doctrine of salvation. But not only that, here's the good news. Jesus Christ became a curse so that the redeemed of God might be blessed according to the promise given to Abraham through the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, the substitutionary atonement was at the very heart of the gospel. Jesus was truly the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so somebody in chorus with Revelation 6, you're crying out, how long, O Lord? How long do we have to deal with this? Uh, the cry, how long, uh, has gone up for centuries it is a cry for justice when things just don't seem fair. It is a cry for, for, for God to come in and righteousness take place. It is a cry that goes to God with this question. How long have you, how long, God, how long will we have to deal with this trouble? Revelation 6, 9, and 10, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God. The testimony they had maintained, they called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true until you judge the inhabitants and avenge our blood. Ladies and gentlemen, there is good news from God. God's persecuted people, when we cry out for justice, God will hear and he will answer. That's why the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Righteousness is given to those who persevere. That's why we're not satisfied. That's why we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. God is going to come back soon, and he's going to put everything in order. The righteous judge will stand up. 
while we have some trouble on this side and while we have to stay engaged and occupy until he comes, let me declare to you today, it will not all be over until Michael stands up. And when Michael stands up, every case is decided. When Michael stands up, it is finished. He that is filthy will be filthy still. He that is just shall be just still. And it's our great privilege to be led by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If any man, if any boy, if any girl, if any, if anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I'll come in and will sup with him. Jesus wants to know that if we give our hearts to him, he can deal and handle every problem that we're going to face. A number of years ago, a prestigious American medical university was doing a stress tolerance testing. They wanted to find out how much stress human beings could handle. How, how heavy a burden could they carry? How much anxiety, worry, or tension can people actually tolerate? How much pressure can we take without breaking? They decided to do their experiments with lambs. They wanted to see how lambs related to stress and learn lessons about how human beings may respond to stress. They took a lamb and put it in a pen. The lamb couldn't observe anything outside of the pen. The researchers built the pen in such a way that they could look in and observe the lamb. These researchers placed 14 different feeding stations in the pen. The lamb could go to one part of the pen and eat and then go to another part of the pen and eat again. Then the researchers hooked up electrodes to the feeding stations and as the lambs went over to one particular feeding station and began to eat, the researchers shot the lamb. The lamb nervously and, 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 and anxiously twitched and bolted. It began running around the pen looking for a secure place to eat. And finally, they shot this lamb at every single feeding station. Ladies and gentlemen, the lamb was so nervous and so anxious it had borne so much stress that the lamb stumbled into the center of the pen. He began to quiver and have a nervous breakdown. The poor little lamb experienced a heart attack and died. The load of anxiety was too great. The researchers then took the lamb's twin and put it in the same pen. But this time there was one difference. They put the lamb's mother in the pen with him. The little lamb went to the first feeding station and started eating. The researcher shot the lamb. What do you think the lamb did? The lamb looked up at his mother and went back, back. Mama went back, back. And that little lamb did not run from the first feeding station, but kept on eating. The researchers scratching their heads. They're trying to wonder what's going on here. They pushed the button again and shot the little lamb and the lamb looked up and said, back, back, mama. Mama said, back, back. And the lamb kept eating. 
researchers shot the lamb again and the little lamb went over to mama and, 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 and mama whispered something in little lamb's ear and, and now this is where the scientific research broke down because they're not quite sure what mama sheep said to the little lamb because they couldn't decipher sheep language. But anyway, little lamb ran back and ate exactly where she was eating before. You see, the difference with the first lamb is it had no place to run. The second lamb had the security that there was somebody there, someone who could encourage the little lamb, someone who could bear the burdens, if you please. I'm so glad that we have someone with whom we can find Safety, the name of the Lord, is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Uh, can I close? If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was salvation. And so God sent us a savior. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. Jesus, Lamb of God, Jesus, Son of Man, Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Can I talk about him? Jesus, my Savior, Jesus, my friend, Revelation identifies him as the faithful witness who knows and understands all of our parties. He's the firstborn of the dead. He's the one who experienced the dark tomb of death. He's the ruler over the kings of this world. He's the one who holds the world in his hands. This is the Christ. This is the Savior. He's the one who loved us and washed us from our sins. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. And they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. Yeah. Yeah. He's Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, the first and the last. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, the lily of the valley, the bride and morning star, the one altogether lovely, the fairest of 10,000. He's a bomb in Gilead. He's the great physician. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, and he's king of kings and the Lord of lords. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the di royal diadem and crown him, crown him Lord of all. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And it's our great privilege in 2020, in coronavirus pandemic, in this season of quarantine, to be led all the way by the Lamb. I pray that God will lead you. God will lead you until he comes again so that we can see him high and lifted up. 
We can see him seated on his throne. We can see him with his glory revealed before us. Merciful God, there's somebody here who needed to be encouraged that Jesus is conqueror, that Jesus is overcomer, that Jesus is king, that Jesus is still on the throne. And I'm praying, God, that whatever the challenge is, whatever the circumstance, whatever they got going on right now, God, that you would come in and give them peace that pass it all understanding. I pray that it's our great privilege to know you for ourselves, to know you as Lord and Savior of our lives. God, I pray this not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, which is given to us, especially in these days, for the outpouring of your work for the gospel to be proclaimed and for the power of God to reside in us, to change us and transform us so that we can be like Jesus and go with him to heaven to spend the ceaseless ages of eternity forever and ever where time is no more. God, this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if you received the word of God that was preached tonight with clarity, with power, with the conviction of God's Holy Spirit on this man of God, Pastor Marvin McLean Jr., then this is what I want you to do. Receive this prayer that was just prayed over your life. We want you to move forward in power, move forward with the dunam. What, what you, the, it's the spirit power. Yes, that dynamite power. Come on, dunamis. And tonight, God has spoken to you. God has spoken to me. So with open hearts and open minds, let's move together in victory. Pastor Marvin McLean, we can't let you go because we need to pray for you. It is our custom here at the QR2 prophecy edition to pray for the preacher as you have preached the word of God tonight with power. G, did you receive that word? Did you hear this preached word? Hey, listen, spare the mm. wine, spare the oil. Come mm. on and bring yeah. that power, man. I'm so grateful. I'm just listening to that sermon, man. And some people get scared of revelation, man. And no matter how bad it looks with the pale horse, with the black horse, no matter how bad it looks with the red horse, man, the oil is sure. The, mm. the, the wine is sure. Mm. God is with us and we will make it. Thank you for the lamb of God, the yeah. one who, who, who took the hit for us, but, yeah. but, but kept moving. I'm, I'm so grateful. He is worthy. And because he is worthy, I'm able to be also a survivor. Thank you, Marvin, for, for, for dude, man, we, you put it, you, you took it to a gear. You ever heard a motorcycle? You ever yeah. heard a motorcycle changing uh -huh. gears? Man, when, when Marvin started, man, I heard the Ooh. gear change, man. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I just praise, I praise God for you, Marvin, man. And I want to, I want to pray on you. Are you going to pray on him or is it me? Listen, I want to pray, but it sounds like you want to pray. So I'm going to go ahead and let the co-host tonight pray over you, Pastor Marvin McLean. So let's go to God now in prayer. God, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your manservant today. Lord, I, I, I'm not sure when you dropped this word on him, but I'm sure it was you. Lord, he ain't come up with it on his own, Lord, but you were right there with him, feeding it to him, Lord. And I'm so grateful that you instilled within him what he needed, Lord, to take us to another gear, to take us to another level, to bring us into the gun route, Lord. And, and, and I'm so grateful, Lord, to have been here to experience it. So I ask the blessings on him. 
Lord, all the time that he put into preparing his sermon today, Lord, I'm asking you to double that time and give it back to him, Lord. All the time he spent away from his wife, Lord, preparing this, Lord, I ask you to give them some special quality time, Lord, all the time he took to spend on it. I ask you, Lord, to give him so, I ask you to bless him in a way that he knows it is because he was on the QR Revival Prophecy Edition tonight, Lord. I ask you to bless him, his family, Lord, his churches, Lord, his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Now, Pastor Marvin McLean, I'm sitting in the sensei's seat. So I don't know if the same spirit that falls on the sensei has fallen on me, but I want to do what the sensei would do. And let me speak into your life. Pastor Marvin McLean, God's spirit is evidently on you. You have a power and you have a gift. And I want to encourage you to keep walking in this thing. You've grown and you have now become this powerful, uh, dunamis-filled, anointed man of God who is going to do great things in this world. So I want to just encourage you to keep walking, to keep preaching that straight truth. And I believe that God's going to take you to places that's going to blow your minds. And we're going to pray that God will continue to encourage you, give you that tenacity, that relentless nature, so that with unhesitancy in your spirit, you'll take the battle to the very gates of hell. We thank you. We love you. You're our brother. You already know. We're going to keep you lifted up. Bless you. Listen, gee, he brought the word tonight. <laughs> that was a word. Let me unmute you because I can't hear you. I said, I'm ready to go outside and run a lap, man. He pulled me full apart. I feel like I had, I felt like jump, I'm jumper cables, man. I felt like I was connected to his battery, man. And he yes. just charged me up, man. I'm just mm -hmm. so grateful, man, to be able to hear that. Yeah. And I know that this a good word. Thanks of God are, are appreciative as well. Well, let's encourage them. I need for you to share this message tonight. If God spoke to you, if you know that the spirit of God was on the man of God tonight who preached this message, then share. I need you to press that share button. Go ahead and copy that link. Send it out to your brothers and your sisters. Send it out to your cousins, your aunties, your uncles. We need everyone to receive this word because this was on time. This was power packed. And this was a relevant word for this season. So we want to encourage you to share. As we can close, we want to encourage you that you can partner with us in helping those who are struggling through financial crisis. If you want to do that, you can use the Cash App. Why don't you encourage the people real quick, Pastor G? All right. If you're using the Cash App today, you'll be putting in dollar sign the Q Revival. Dollar sign the Q Revival. Now, if you don't have Cash App and you're using PayPal, it's paypal.me slash the Q Revival. And if you want to go to the website because you don't have either one of those, you can go to www.theqrevival.com. One of three ways. One of three ways you can pay. Now, I'm G, sorry. we have this week. Oh. Now, this is a power-packed week. Tonight, we launched with Pastor Marvin McLean. Now, if you knew that God was going to come through, I'm sorry. God blew my mind tonight, and he literally he dropped the word on us that we stood in the need of. And I'm telling you, tomorrow night is the night that you don't want to miss. You want to come through because we have Pastor Kimberly Bulgin, who's going to be preaching the power-packed word of God. We then have the very next night, Pastor Marquise Johns, who is going to be followed by Pastor Austin Hummel 
Humphreys. Then we have Dr. Carlton Bird, after which we'll have Dr. David Hudgens, who will be followed by our mystery speaker and our mystery psalmist. This is not a week you guys want to miss. If you weren't able to join us, I'm glad that you're going to join us on this final week of our QR2 Prophecy Edition. This is the gun lap. We're asking you to please spread the word. We're not going to waste any time getting the word out there. Spread the word. And we're going to worship again here at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. Pastor G, you have the final word. What do you want to say to the people? Man, as I look at the lineup, look, I'm looking and say, which day am I going to have off? Which day am I going to, if I'm going to just take it easy and take a rest? And yeah. every time I see a person on that list, I say, well, I can't miss Monday. Well, uh -uh. I can't miss Tuesday. Uh -uh. Well, I certainly can't miss Wednesday. Uh -uh. Oh, man, I can't miss Thursday, Friday. Yes, and I might as well come in for the mystery. And yes. so, man, I'm just grateful, man, to see that lineup, man. You have brought some powerful men and women of God here to bring the word. And I look forward to every single night. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a great time. Thanks for coming through again, Pastor G. You always bring the energy. You bring the smiles. You bring the good, uh, uh, the convicting power of God's spirit is on you. So again, thank you for that effervescence. And y'all, if you appreciate Pastor G, go ahead and put those heart buttons in there. Press it, press it, press it. Let the people of God say amen for you, Pastor Kagia Scott. And again, happy Father's Day to you, man. Enjoy the rest of your- You as well, Doc. Day. You as well. Happy Father's Day. Bless you.